Oh, hey, didn't see you there. That happens to us sometimes because this is Never Seen It, a podcast about movies we haven't seen. I'm your host, Betsy, and with me, as per usual, it's Trent. I'm usually here. You're usually here. Actually, you have a perfect track record to date. Yeah. So you're always here, but I will not rule out the possibility that someday you might not be. Oh, God. Are you going to bump me off? <laughs> yeah, that's, you know, sometimes you have to just shake things up and you need a different morning show host. <laughs> it's going to be like Regis and Kathy oh God, the and ratings Regis are, and Kelly. The ratings are tanking. <laughs> what are we doing? It's going to be Betsy and someone else. <laughs> but for now, it's Betsy and Trent. Today, we are wrapping up our series of cult classics. We are watching movie number four. We told you we were going to be in the 80s, and here we are in 1985. We are watching Clue. Yeah, Betsy. (laughs) We're finally, finally watching Clue. I have been trying to get my husband, my dear husband, to watch this movie, I think, since we've been together. Because I have seen it. He has not. So, Trent, 1985. That means this movie has been around as long as I have. Yeah. You've been around slightly longer. Yep. Only by a little bit, but why have you never watched Clue? You know, Clue for me as a movie wasn't really a thing. And I think because I never played the game. You never played Clue growing up? Nope. Never in your life? Nope. Do you know what Clue is? I do. What is it? It is a board game where you're trying to determine who a murderer is okay to a point i guess and but there are like different it's it's um is it kind of like guess who in a way you know what guess who is i know what guess who is but no not really i mean you are guessing who the murderer yeah, is but right. there's more to it than that so right do you it's know like the... it's like the it's um the cliche is like the, the the butler did it with a candlestick in in the parlor. Yes, you're trying to figure out who with what and where. Yeah. That's what the game is. So you have no context for what this movie is, however. Not really, because I know that it is kind of based on the board game. Okay. And there is a murder that happens in a in a mansion, I think. Okay. And a bunch of the actors play the different characters in the in, in, in the game. All right. So you have sort of a grasp on it based on what yeah. the game is. So you can make sure. some fair assumptions about this film. Yeah. Do you know who is in this movie? What actors? The only person I know for sure is Tim Curry. And how do you know that Tim Curry is in it, but you don't know any of the other actors? I don't know. I feel like I see him on the poster and I and I associate with Tim Curry with of only a few things because dear listeners I've only ever seen Tim Curry in one thing being Home Alone 2 Lost in New York <laughs> Did you, not that you see him but did you ever watch Fern Gully the Last Rainforest No You've never Oh my god the secrets are coming okay, out <laughs> Okay okay to, to be fair I did like start Fern Gully I didn't like Fern Gully because I thought it was boring so you, as a kid, I thought it was boring. I did not like Fern Gully. Interesting. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, I'll give you a pass. Burn all the rainforest one. down. <laughs> <laughs> Don't burn the rainforest. That's the whole moral of the movie. I know. If you would, if you had seen the whole movie, you would know that. <laughs> but yeah, Tim Curry is in that movie. He has okay. the voice. He's the voice of the villain of right. the piece. All right. uh, but yeah, other than that. I don't think there would be much you would have seen him in because you didn't mm-hmm. watch a Muppet movie until no. you started dating me. Right. And he's in one of those. Um, one we haven't seen. Uh, that we haven't seen yet. Yeah, I don't know. It's a, it's kind of a short list. <laughs> you know, and t- Tim Curry has had a very strange like end of his career mm-hmm. because he just kind of started saying yes to a lot of like weird projects. And the, the probably one of the weirdest things was he was cast as a villain, let's say, in a what they call a Command and Conquer video game. Command and Conquer is a series of real-time strategy video games that came out on computers back in the 90s. And the whole gimmick about Command and Conquer is that they film a whole bunch of video of real actors playing out the scenes in the game. 
So they and intersplice it. Yeah, with like the game. these are like cutscenes, but before they could do CG cutscenes, they made it with real actors, and they made it with real, true to life real actors. One of them is with Tim Curry, where he is playing a communist, and. There's this, go and search this out because it's one of the funniest things that you'll ever see. It's the, three words. If you yeah. type them into YouTube, you will find exactly what we are Just talking type about. Tim Curry space. Just space. Like Do yourselves yeah. a favor. Stop listening to us for just a second. Pause. Pause. Go to YouTube, type Tim Curry space, and then come back to us. <laughs> I don't even know, should I even act it out? Uh, no, because All right. I'm we'll going to make you. people go and seek this out. You have to go and seek this out. It's one of the funniest things you'll see. It's so stupid and I love it. The one little thing about it is that Tim Curry is reacting to the lines like he's seeing it for the first time and he could barely get it out with, with a straight face. And he does not get it out with a straight no, face. he's basically laughing through yeah. really stupid dialogue. Oh, it's, it's so great. horrible, but it's great. Anyway. It's great. So, you know Tim Curry... And it's interesting to me because I can guarantee there are, oh, I know you will know. There's a Monty minimum. Python guy in this, right? Mm, I don't think so, but I could be wrong. But I know there's at least three people okay. that you will recognize. Oh, shit. Now I'm thinking about it. Madeline Connors in this. There you go. And the only reason I know that is because of the, the research that we do beforehand. I saw her name in this, and I also saw her face showing up in... Uh, some of the like preview footage that uh, just automatically played. Fair enough. So I, I, I did not get that through just osmosis. I just happened to see it while we were doing this. You but, cheater. <laughs> but Madeline Kahn was a brilliant actress and comedian. She got nominated for her performance in Blazing Saddles. Did she not? Maybe. I'd have to look that up. I, but I, she's phenomenal in it. So she's I, so I she should funny. get all the awards, posthumous awards. Yes. Like, just give them to her now. Yeah. We'll just set them Madeline next to Madeline Kahn is fucking hilarious. <laughs> yes, she is. And she is just a gem in everything that she's in, especially yes. in this era, the 70s and 80s. And yeah, I know there's going to be a couple more people you recognize. Uh, do you know any of the names of the characters? Going back to the game. Colonel Mustard. Colonel Mustard. All right. I think that's the only one I know. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we'll leave it at that. So you, me, and Colonel Mustard in the basement with the microphone. We're going to go watch (laughs) Clue and we will be right back. Trent, we've done it. That is Clue. What did you think of that? That was silly. It is an incredibly silly movie, but good silly, I hope. I laughed a lot. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's the whole thing about this and why I think... I have no idea how this was received at the time it was released, but Mm. why people have really latched on to it over the years. I didn't see this movie till I was in college. And I don't exactly remember who showed it to me. One Mm. of the people who lived on my floor, I think. And I had the same reaction as you, where it's just very goofy. And they're so committed. And it's very deadpan. But it just makes me laugh. That's the kind of humor I really like. It's very dry. Yeah. And then when it's not being dry, it's like slap sticking over the top oh yeah they go all the way slapstick by the end of the movie yes <laughs> so i'm just gonna say this out front here this ha- has really nothing to do with the movie but the entire time we were watching this i was thinking of that house okay down the road from where we live Betsy and I saw a house for sale one time oh this it was house a very expensive house that was like, you know, 
million and a half dollars. You know those times you're poking around on like Realtor.com or someplace, Zillow. This thing had one of those 3D tour things where you could just click around and click around and click around and click around and see a full 360 degree uh, pan of whatever room that you're in and you can just keep on moving around in in the space. This house reminded me so much of that house down the way from us. And it's not that it looked anything like it, no. but it's just one of those houses that goes on forever. And it's just like, you here's can, a room and here's a room and here's a room. You absolutely see there being secret passages. <laughs> there are that many rooms in this freaking house that there is a ballroom. There is a theater room. There is yep. like three kitchens. There's a security room. We kept joking that we were going to buy that house just to have murder mystery parties. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> Seriously. It is that kind of a house. Absolutely. I got those vibes the now, entire time. Now I get it. Now <laughs> I get it. And of course you, if you, I really want to know if you had ever played the game clue i feel like it's something that came up maybe one time no but if you have no recollection then yeah you need a little bit of context and i think you had enough to understand i know what the game was just based on osmosis yep and you know that's in the game there's secret passages and there's a lot of deduction and you're just trying to figure out because there's a deck of cards and at the beginning you you say you pick one from each pile who it is, what they did it with, and where they did it. Mm -hmm. And you put it in a little envelope, and that stays in the envelope in the center of the board, and you don't touch it until the end. Jeez. And you have to work your way through this game to figure out what happened. And, of course, the idea is that every game is different because there's a number of players, and mathematically, with six characters and Mm -hmm. six weapons and Mm -hmm. six rooms... The number of different iterations is like what yeah. thousands. I don't know about that. I don't know still, the mathematical probability, but it's a lot of yeah. variations. Yeah, and like I, I know now that we've seen it, I know a few more names. Like Wadsworth, I know Professor Plum, I know. Yep, Professor I, I, Plum. I already said uh, Colonel Mustard. Mrs. Peacock. Mrs. Peacock is familiar, but that didn't really ring any bells. Mrs. White is kind of a generic name. And Miss Scarlet. Miss Scarlet, I didn't know. Mr. Green. Mr. Green, I didn't know. So they're all kind of... a fucking (laughs) Reservoir Dogs movie. (laughs) It is! And they take the idea of this game, and they, they did it in a way that is probably about the only way you could really do this movie, because... It's they give everyone a backstory and these are all aliases and they've all been invited because they're being blackmailed by Mr. Body. (laughs) I wonder what's going to happen to Mr. Body. What's going to happen, Trent? (laughs) This nameless, faceless dude named Mr. Body who shows up and then promptly is... (laughs) This shady character. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so the plot of the game is you're trying to find out who the murderer is, but that's not a plot for a movie. No, the idea here is that everybody could be the murderer. Everybody has a motive. Everybody so has a motive. So you set everybody up to keep the audience guessing. Yep, and then, of course, you spend the whole movie watching people get murdered, and you would have to pay such close attention to this to actually yes. notice who isn't around, and, and I'm sure if you watch, there's more than one. And I'm sure that if you do watch that closely, you can piece together exactly who did what and what he was explaining at the end of the movie all checks out, I'm sure. Well, yeah, like, who, for all the different who versions. Who is in the room when it happens and when it doesn't happen. Yep. So I asked Betsy about, half, not even like a half hour in, should I be paying attention? Should I be like trying to find clues here and there because they're like panning over these things and like, okay, am I, am I supposed to deduce based on what they're being, what I'm being shown? But no, it really you don't. Not. You do not need to pay that close attention no, because to every, really get everything out of the movie. Everybody is being set up as a suspect. Yeah. So as long as you understand that somebody in this house is a murderer, right? 
What you don't realize is, depending on the end of the movie, because there's three endings to this movie, guys. <laughs> yeah. It's the greatest stupid touch to this movie. And they do the thing that is expected but unexpected. Right. Because that's how this game is played. There's multiple ways this could go. Yeah. So they intentionally have an ending and then they say well that's one way it could have happened <laughs> or it could have happened this way yeah. or here's how it really happened and then the final version yeah they all did it everybody killed somebody including the butler the right. butler did it <laughs> so yeah this is another one of those movies that you really just you have to watch this you have to experience this yeah. to understand because it's weird, like the pacing, it starts off a little bit slow and there's like no music, there's no suspense. It's just like a, watching a stage play. They're on a sound stage, there's dialogue and no music and then it just sort of goes and there's a lot of, you know, like getting up in each other's faces and pointing fingers yeah. and quick talk and yeah, double a lot of entendres accusatory things being thrown around but then again nobody sticks to those no. nobody's that scared of everybody else also i'm pretty sure this is a play i want to say that that exists cuz i was sitting here watching this movie going yeah you know, this really could be a play because you don't so. need a whole lot of sets to do it no and i think you could probably have like when you think about like set dressing you can have an area of the set as the kitchen, as the ballroom, as the dining room, as whatever. You just have to have the background set up in a way that would make sense for each of the characters being in each room. Now, the problem with that, you can't have that many actors on stage at the same time <laughs> not with if the all, whole... all having something to do. Yeah, not if the whole point is they this person's over here and that person's over right. there and somebody is missing. If there's going to be a mystery, you can't have everybody on screen or on, on stage. Sorry. You know what though? It's always funny how easy it is to misdirect people on the stage. I went to a show a few weeks ago and there was this cut where here's the character and she's young and they spun her. It was like at a ball and then she was older and honest to God, it was so fast. I was like, how the hell did they do that? <laughs> I was sitting here watching it in real time and I missed it. So there's ways to distract the audience. Sure. Even in a show not, like this. Yeah, and I'm not saying that it's impossible, but it's hard. I would be really On a curious. big stage, it would be easy. I'm going to look this up after we're done recording because I'm pretty <laughs> sure it exists. And then it if it does, sense. I really want to see it. <laughs> uh, so we talked. And I wonder if every night it's different probably that would be awesome probably that would be awesome um so we talked about the different actors who were in this movie so yeah. you knew you knew tim curry and you cheated and you knew madeline i Kahn saw was madeline Kahn, yes. but there are a lot of other people that i knew you would recognize yeah so professor plum is played by christopher lloyd of course christopher lloyd made this movie and Back to the Future in the same year. And he looks so dramatically different. Yeah. Because <laughs> he looks like a young man here. He's like, you know, 40s. Sure. You know, so to sure. speak. Not young, young, but younger. Mm -hmm. And in that movie, he's an old man. And that has always been fascinating to me. Because I've always had this image of Christopher Lloyd as being this old, frail, gray-haired man. But, but exactly. You just have to add the gray or white hair yeah. to someone, and that ages him up immediately. Well, and then think about all the movies he made in the years after that. He had sure. gray hair. Sure. He just looked like that. Think about, I just mentioned this earlier today. I don't know why this just keeps coming up. In Dennis the Menace, he, yeah. is, he is this drifter yes, that is. is like tan to hell and he looks younger in 1992 or whenever that movie came out than he did back in 85 and part of it is you know the look of the character the i look get of the that character, but yeah. yeah just in my head he's always an old man and now he actually is an old man he's and a it's very weird. old man yes but he shows up and does some things once in a while yeah he's he's still working yeah uh who else is in this um Leslie Ann Warren. So you didn't know this name, Miss Scarlet. Mm -hmm. You have seen her before in a movie we covered on this podcast. 
She was Maggie Gyllenhaal's mom in Secretary. Oh, okay. That's the only thing I know you would see have seen her in. All right. But I brought it up when we recorded that too. This is a few years after she did Victor Victoria. And this is much more akin to what she did in that movie where she's just very like scooting around in tiny dresses, playing a vixen, you know, just loud and boisterous and funny. Like she's really funny. She's very loud in this, not audibly, but like, whoa, she's just out there. She's a, everybody in this movie is overacting and it's great. (laughs) It is the whole point. Uh, Mrs. Peacock is, I think it's Eileen Brennan is her name. Yeah, you said I would know her from something. I thought you would, and I was kind of scrolling through, and she's one of those people that has just been in a number of TV shows and movies. I swear I would have thought you'd know her from something, but I think you'd have to go look. She's great in this movie. She's hysterical. (laughs) Not in a funny way, but in hysterics kind of way. Screaming and... Always screaming and getting slapped. Fainting. (laughs) Getting slapped. (laughs) Yep. She is over the top and wonderful. She's just one of those great character actresses that shows up in different things. So I'm going to have you look into her because I feel like there's got to be something you've seen her in. She's just got one of those familiar faces to me. Uh, we've also got Martin Mull. Yeah. So I think most people probably know him as Mr. Quick from Sabrina the Teenage Witch. <laughs> oh, God. But he's also in a lot of, like, Christopher Guest properties. Um, he's in, what else has he been in that well, you know? Michael Roseanne. M- yeah, he's in Roseanne. That's and, it. And Michael McKean was in a bunch of Christopher Guest stuff, too. Yes, and you were saying uh, b- between watching the movie and starting to record, you yeah. were looking up Madeline Kahn because you said, didn't she get nominated for Blazing Saddles for an yes. Academy Award? She did. Yes. There are four people in this movie who have been nominated for an Academy Award. Yeah. Four people. It's Leslie Ann Warren yeah. for that role in Victor Victoria, which we will get to eventually because it's so absurd. Uh, Madeline Kahn. Michael McKean has been nominated, which I didn't know until about 10 seconds ago. Okay. He got nominated for Best Original Song for The Mighty Wind, which oh, is a shit. Christopher Guest movie. All right. Which you have not seen that one, I don't think. No. No. It. So, yeah, there's many people in this movie who have been graced uh, by the Academy Award nomination. Eileen Brennan was the other one. Okay. So as far as other people who are involved in this movie, uh, I hadn't watched this in quite a few years, but the name stuck out while we were watching the opening credits. Yeah. The story is by John Landis and one other guy. John Landis is the guy who wrote and directed Animal House. Yeah. That is the big project I know him from. I know the name. I just, I can't put it with a big project. And I've only seen Animal House once. So I, I believe John Landis is one of these guys who's been around a long oh, time. Oh, yeah. In, like, late 70s into the 80s, he yeah. was one of those kind of go-to directors. Like, he did Blues Brothers, too. I was looking at that sure. because I was like, this is the guy who did Animal House, right? And it is. So there's elements there's of this some pedi- movie. There's some pedigree here Yeah. for this silly-ass movie. Yes. <laughs> so it's, it's very strange, and it's kind of refreshing whenever you can get a movie like this and get some A-list actors... To just be fucking stupid. And they're all comedic actors, too, for the most part. Like, every one of these people I've seen in some comedy one time or another. Sure. And you kind of have to have that that, that background in order to get the timing and to get the the tone of everything. And to just commit. Yeah. Because these people are doing some very silly things in this movie. Yeah. So talking about the story, this is based on a fucking board game. Like, this is not an easy... Thing to just adapt. You have to make some skeleton for this because it doesn't exist. There's no bones. There's no puzzle. There's nothing. Like Battleship? Oh, God. Well, we've not watched Battleship. Maybe one day. <laughs> but you're right. Same thing. Like, we have all these board games yeah. trying to turn them into a movie. How? Forget it. How just do you do what that? Are you, what are you doing? Like Angry Birds. They made that into a movie. And uh, like you said, Battleship. Cartoon characters. They're different. Yeah, that, that's but more it's unbelievable. The whole, it's the whole concept of here's this thing that's really popular. Let's try to make it into a movie. Regardless of what the skeleton is. We just talked about this the other day. We were re-watching Pirates of the Caribbean, yeah. Curse of the Black Pearl. That movie shouldn't work. 
It shouldn't work. It is based on a ride at Disney. But this was my counter argument to you, Betsy. I know you say it's based on a ride at Disney World, but it's just the name and the aesthetic. There's no story to that. It's pirates. There doesn't have to be any kind of story. And this is kind of... It's just the name and the aesthetic. And this is kind of the same thing where they have a concept, they have these characters, they have these iconic weapons, and they have a big mansion. There's enough there, okay, now how do we make it make sense and work as a movie? And for this, they are completely overt about it. Yes. Like, everybody's brandishing their individual weapons. Well, and they walk in the door and they immediately say, oh, hello, Colonel Mustard. That's not my name. For tonight it is. You have an alias. Touching my side of my nose. Yep, everybody has an alias. Nobody is given their real name because it's all a big secret. Yeah. You also and, don't want to be Im- implicated in anything. And they're all there under mysterious circumstances. They all received a letter and were invited to a dinner party. Yeah. And it, it's in their best... There's this weird-ass butler. There's, yeah. <laughs> it's in their best interest to come to this house. Yeah. They're all being blackmailed. They all work for the government in some capacity. Yep, they all deduce that they all live in Washington, D.C. Mm-hmm. and have some tie to the... Which is government. Well, you just said it. They deduce it from each other. It's yes. Like, okay, well, you know this person. Well, saying, what does your husband nothing do? nothing without, they say everything without saying anything. Yeah. Because one guy's like, oh, well, I work in DC. I know exactly who you are. Mm-hmm. And then so-and-so knows that person and they just kind of figure it out. Right. And of course, this is all in the backdrop of this is 1954. I also forgot that this is set in 1954. Also, it's yeah. in New England, but they don't really explain why. In any case, yeah, it's 1954. So there's all these like themes about... Well, communism, communism is everywhere in this They movie. talk about my my wife had friends who were socialists, oh. and this guy's working on a bomb and right. all these different things. Well, communism was just a big red herring. Yep. Red herring. They use that line a lot in this movie. They talk about the, uh, the House on American Activities. Uh-huh. They bring that up. Yeah. And... It's not so overt that you are constantly thinking about it, but they bring it up enough that you remember, oh yeah, it's 1954. J. Edgar Hoover is the head of the FBI who was tapping everybody's phone and knows everything about everybody. Yep, and nobody who is in this movie, who is at this house, is there by mistake. Right. Every single person is tied together. So there's, everybody's being blackmailed. Everybody is connected because there's all these contacts and people who are informing the blackmailer. Yeah. Oh, well, this was my driver. That woman was sleeping with my husband. She works for me. I- I'm paying them off in some capacity. Yep. I went to their whorehouse. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, when it starts off, it's a little bit slow as they set it all up because yeah. it's like, okay, we're going to tell you who they are without telling you who they are. Right. And then the whole big review is who is that guy well haven't you figured it out he's the one who's blackmailing you Mm -hmm. and he comes with neatly wrapped presents and it's a whole lot of weapons and it just turns into this giant whodunit like they kill the lights there's a body but he's not dead and he's over there and there's secret passages and the cook is dead but who killed the cook (laughs) and then by the time they get to the third or fourth body they're all so worn out they just walk in i love when yvette (laughs) yvette gets found out that she's dead they all kind of walk in they throw up their hands oh damn it there's another one they don't this is all internal they just look at her in silence and turn around and leave (laughs) and then they go across the hall and there's another guy dead and they're just like yeah that tracks yep yep yeah, yep. So by, by the time you get to body number four, they're just like, what is going on? And then, of course, they have one moment that doesn't make any fucking sense until they explain it. And it's the fucking telegram girl. Yeah. <laughs> what the hell was that? The lights get killed in the house. Everybody is separated. They're searching the house. Someone kills the lights. The doorbell rings. The door opens. And there's a little 
woman dressed, you know, in like, what do you call that? Like a bellhop uniform? Kinda. Kind of a look. Little hat and a little jacket. And she's tap dancing and she's singing and she's gonna sing this a song. A musical telegram. And she's shot to the ground. And she's there on screen for like three seconds. <laughs> and at the moment when it's happening, you're like, what the fuck was that? <laughs> and they do explain it. But at that moment, it's just like, this is where it feels like it completely goes off the rails. And right. also, fun fact about about this because I looked this up the last time I watched this movie. That woman's in the Go-Go's. What? The tap dancing telegram girl is a member of the Go-Go's. All right then. She also played Joan of Arc in Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. All right then. So there you go. <laughs> Some fun inside knowledge for you. <laughs> Thank you. But that's enough random movie facting for you. Uh, again, I said it earlier, this is a movie that's really best seen for yourself. Because uh, there's so many little moments that are thrown in that are easy to miss. Like I said, they're really over the top, but they're also really dry. But it's really funny. So what are some of the moments in this movie that you liked? I think I really enjoyed the recap done by Wadsworth. Oh, the end scene? The ending scene. It's so Where absurd. he's just fast forwarding throughout the entire, like, he's like rewound everything and he's fast forwarding through all the bits to, <laughs> to go through all of the, the, the beats of the movie. He recaps. To explain, yeah. he just reconstructs every single scene in fast succession to let everybody know, including the audience, know what the hell happened and how we got to this point. We went over here, and then we went over here, and then we did this, and then we did this, and someone killed the lights, and the lights come back on, and he's lying on the ground, and he's dead. <laughs> except he's not dead! <laughs> yeah. And there was a couple of moments there where people still did scream, and there was even one moment with Madeline Kahn where the second time they turned the lights back on, and she went, ah. Yeah, I wrote it's that very, down. a very halfway scream. I wrote that down too. Madeline Kahn's tiny scream. She's just like, ah! <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it was it stands out yeah. throughout the rest of the movie where she's really either very tight and subdued or just doing her thing the iconic scene in this movie is at the end where she says i hated her i hated flames flames <laughs> <laughs> that's the thing most people remember about this movie is flames on the side of my face <laughs> just her doing that little bit yeah uh, and then in one in one of the other scenarios where she's being accused of that thing that you just said, Tim Curry is going upstairs and then she kind of falls. He's like dragging her. He's dragging her up, but then she falls. Then the next time we see her, she's down back on on the ground floor and she's going down into the cellar or something. Yeah, and there's a lot. There's of, a lot of subtle acting here and physical humor. Physical humor, yes, yeah. Yep. Uh, there's a lot of also, as I keep saying, deadpan dialogue, or it's just very quick and quippy. Yeah. So there's a moment where Martin Mull says something to the effect of, are you trying to make me look stupid in front of the other guests? And Tim Curry right. says, I don't need to help you with that. And uh -huh. he says, you're damn right. <laughs> or yeah, something to he that does, He does that a couple of times. And I, speaking of dialogue, I love Madeline Kahn's delivery on the line. Something to the effect of, men should be like Kleenex, soft, strong, and disposable. Because <laughs> she said five husbands. Right. And her most recent one. A couple one, of them died. Oh, yeah. He he died. Uh, he was killed. And then his head was cut off. <laughs> and she's just so blasé about it. Right. And there's something about, uh, she also has a line of something about life after death. He's dead right. and now I have a life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, shit. I mean, she, uh, we said it in the intro. She's so great. I, I looked up a whole bunch of different facts about her after we, we were done. And it's sad that she, she kind of died young. She did. She was only 59 or something. Mm -hmm. She died in 99. And like that kind of talent, I, I feel like, I don't know if you would want to call it wasted, but she, she could have done so much more. Yeah, if it's, she'd had really more time, just seeing what she did in the time she had yeah. 
oh my gosh, she was just this force of nature. And you were reading, she's so quiet and shy, like off camera. Yeah. She was this like mousy little woman. Yeah, Mel Brooks said about her that, yeah, she was just so quiet and reserved off camera. But then you have people like that where the camera just brings it out of them. Yep. And yeah, she's a, she was a uh, classically trained operatic singer. Which is why when she's up on stage in Blazing Saddles that she can belt it out like that. Oh! <laughs> and apparently the last time she ever made an appearance, she was like stage four cancer. She, was, she knew she was going to go. But the last appearance that she made, she sang that song. I'm so tired yes. from Blazing Saddles. And, oh, that's yeah. great. That's a great story. Yeah. And yeah, one of the moments I like is when the cop or somebody shows up and they're like, could I use the phone? And at this point, every room with a phone has right. a dead body. In it. And they're right. like, uh, you can use the one. At no, you could. How about that? No. Would you wait here? <laughs> and then yeah. when they finally figure out what's going on, they they kind of make it look like they're having a party. And Betsy, I think this is probably the moment for me that is just the most ridiculous. Everybody starts making out with corpses. <laughs> <laughs> yep, they've got the cook propped up in the window with one with Mrs. Peacock behind, behind her. Behind with arms her hands. around. Yeah. He, and Colonel Mustard is embracing her and one hand trying to hold open her eyelids. Right. <laughs> and then Mrs. Got, White is Mrs. on top White of is Mr. Body. Kissing Mr. Body. <laughs> <laughs> and they, they set up the guy who comes in the first first guy who comes in to use the phone they got him looking very good yep. in a very good pose i should say they put a little hat on him they, they splash some him. booze on him right <laughs> this man is drunk dead drunk <laughs> you got that right <laughs> yeah and the line before it like you don't want to go in there it's too shocking <laughs> <laughs> michael mckean is a guy i have seen in very few things. He's so young here, too. This is pre-Spinal yeah. Tap. Yeah, I Spinal think Tap's 87. The only thing I've seen him in is that. I've, I've seen Spinal Tap once. Probably. And, like, he's just this guy who has shown up in things like, when you're talking about the 80s, when you're talking about the 90s, he's just one of these guys who is friends with all of, all of the people in the industry. They interview him to talk about right, because, what was it like to be there. Right, yeah, and I he's still working too. Like I, yeah, I think sure he does a lot of writing. He's done that. He was in Good Omens a couple of years ago, playing okay. a Scotsman, which was very off-putting for me because I've never seen him do like acting where he's doing a accent. And okay. I'm used to his Christopher Guest movies where he's basically yeah just himself, pretty much, but a character. Pretty much. <laughs> You know, and of course, in 1985, we always bring this up when when it's brought up in movies, especially for the time. He is playing a gay man. Yes. In this, the line is that Mr. Green is being blackmailed because he's a homosexual. And right. he just outs himself. He right. says, I, I don't gonna need stand you. Up here. I'm just going to yep, tell I'm everybody just... myself. Yep. And... There's, like, moments where they allude to this again later. So, like, yeah. there's a French maid. Yvette is running around with her boobs all up in everybody's business, uh -huh. the whole movie. And the two other guys are like, oh, I'll go with you. It's fine. We should all split up and look around the house. Who? And she, and she says, I am scared. Who will take me? I'll go. I'll go. No, thank you. And he just walks away. <laughs> and of course, he gets hooked up with her. Uh, to yep. go investigate the the rest of the house, yeah. Yep. And at the end of the movie, the true version, as they say, the sure, third version, sure. he's working with the FBI. He's actually an FBI agent. And the, the last, last line, line is, I'm going to go home and have sex with my wife. Yeah. Smile, freeze, and cut he, to credits. He, and he, like, deepens his voice up a little bit at the end and say, I'm an FBI agent. Yeah, so... Again, another element of this movie I hadn't really considered when I first watched it is this is 1954, sure. which is why that's so shocking to well, them. And like he sits down on the couch next to Christopher Lloyd after he makes his big revelation 
Christopher Lloyd gets up and just goes on to the other side of the room. Um, there's a couple of different references to that mm-hmm. uh, in relation to that. It's usually aspect. like a sight gag or something. Yeah. Well, there was that other moment. It has nothing to do with that particularly, but they say everybody sit down and he tries to go for a spot and right. everybody keeps taking the chair oh, he was going to take. There's so many of those great little visual moments where everybody's just silent. Yep. And like it's when they were um, drawing straws, so to speak, it was matches. And like this entire sequence is silent. There's no dialogue. And it goes on for a long time. Yeah. That's the best kind of stuff. And they're just comparing the sizes of their matchsticks to figure out who's going. Like they can't figure it out (laughs) as sane adults. Here's a little two inch matchstick. Maybe it goes with this eight inch matchstick. Right. And like some of the guys are going up to Yvette. (laughs) Yeah. She's got the longest one. They're putting it up next to her. It's like, oh, I'm too small next to her. (laughs) (laughs) Like they cannot figure out. I really want to go with her. How to match things. Yeah. Uh, It's full of movies like that, of moves like that. And there's, you know, secret passages, like I said, and there's physical humor and stupid dialogue and funny dialogue and just, it's, it's absurd. This movie's absurd. And I can really get to kind of come back to full circle here. I see why this would be considered a cult classic because is it like a great movie that is well acted and blah, blah, blah. Hell no. This is a movie that is meant for people like us that love this ridiculous kinds of humor. And all these people. And all these people are great on screen. They're great together. You could tell that they were having a great time making this movie. I will tell you that much. Absolutely. Them just running around like crazy, having all, like the shots of everybody's heads all kind of lined up behind each other. Yeah, where they're all framed together. Yeah. And then just like little moments where they don't know what's going on and the lights are off and they're lit a little bit. It's just, oh, oh, what? Right. Like reaction (laughs) shots of everybody. Right. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, it's a murder mystery and it's just fun. This is just a fun movie. And I'm so sad it took me until I was in my 20s to watch this. And I'm so happy I finally got you to watch (laughs) this movie. (laughs) Well, and I think it's more, you know what? I really liked Knives Out, which is a modern classic murder mystery Absolutely. Ryan Johnson, you better not disappoint with the sequel because damn it, Knives Out is fucking amazing. Is that still streaming on Amazon? I think it usually is. I think I think that is uh, usually streaming on Amazon, but it, it, whatever. It's like five, ten bucks Just on Amazon. Just go buy, go, go buy, buy the disc. <laughs> you will rewatch it. I promise you. Because you need to watch that before you can watch the sequel that's coming out later this year. <laughs> yeah, you do, you do, but I think it's just one character that they're bringing over. Yeah, it's basically a spin-off if it's anything cuz yeah. it's one character and his continuing adventure. Yeah, it's adventures. just Daniel Craig's character. But you still should watch the first one cuz it's, it's amazing. Just so great. It is a modern classic. And you know, they're trying to do a lot more of these types of movies. You got what uh, Murder on the Orient Express. Yep. And there's even going to be some like TV shows coming out on Amazon or Netflix or something True like that. True crime and things like that are very popular in our modern it era. Is. And you know, as far as Knives Out is concerned, that was so successful uh, and people loved it so much that, yeah, they're, like studios are going to green light a lot of similar things. Right. It's not the same thing. And it was a TV show from many years ago. Yeah. But the television show Sherlock is worth your time as well. This isn't about I've, TV shows, I've but... Heard, I've heard Sherlock is pretty good. I know you watched it. I just re-watched it like a year or so ago, and I had only ever watched it all the way through once. My goodness, did I enjoy it that second time. <laughs> I was much reminded why I liked it the first go around. So okay. I definitely recommend that. But it's definitely a theme. Detectives... Figuring out murder mystery, I get it. It's a timeless theme, and you could do it in any number of ways. There's maybe I've brought this up on here before. There was a skit on Saturday Night Live back in like the late 90s, early aughts, where they had a bit called Hot Air Balloon Murder Mystery. (laughs) Okay. Where they had like seven or eight people in the basket of a hot air balloon, and murders kept happening. 
Oh, and I think I do remember this. And they were chasing the murderer in circles around the basket. <laughs> it's completely my sense of humor. It's totally dumb and unnecessary. But just the phrase, hot air balloon, murder mystery. <laughs> that should be enough to tell you everything you need to know. Uh-huh. I think I do remember that. But I think that's going to be it for this episode here. Trent, do we have an email to, to throw it to? Yeah, we got an email from Stephanie about uh, the Boondock Saints. We did that One movie. of the other ones in our cult classic series. Stephanie says, I have seen this movie a handful of times in high school and college. It is a fun movie. It definitely reminds me of Lock, Stock, and Snatch. Also, Willem Dafoe wins this movie for sure. But I have not seen this movie in many years. But I assume it does not hold up based on your episode. Maybe I only liked it because of Norman Reedus and Sean Patrick Flannery, where they were my kind of handsome back in the day. <laughs> so you like I the mean, uh, the, the dirtbag type. A little scruffy, a little dirty. <laughs> I get it. Eh, it was the 2000s. I had a Sean Patrick Flannery thing for a while. Come on. <laughs> All right. Uh, I watched Boondock Saints, Lockstock, Snatch, and Pulp Fiction all around the same time. Yep. For sure late in high school, and all throughout college. You know I love me some Tarantino, but even some of those I have not revisited in a while. Maybe I'm outgrowing them, or maybe I just need to pick a week where I just watch some shoot 'em ups every year. Weirdly, my mom lo- loves movies like this. So funny. That is interesting, because I don't expect moms to like this kind of stuff. No, I mean... I... I don't know I'm not a mom, so I don't know. But I also don't know anybody's mom. Like, who likes movies like this. No, I no. would I would never take my mom to a movie like this. God, no. The last movie I saw with my mom was Downton Abbey, yeah. A New Era. Along with your grandma. Yes, we had a girl's day. It was delightful. <laughs> uh, to finish it off, uh, she says, love hearing from Mitch, too. Thanks for the shout out. Love you guys from Superfan Stephanie. Thank you, Stephanie. Yeah, I actually just recently rewatched Kill Bill Volumes 1 and 2, and I hadn't watched those in many years, and I think they still hold up. Again, if you like that kind of movie, I think they're well-crafted, they're interesting, and we've had this discussion a few times. There's a lot of these stupid old action movies and shoot-em-ups. We've really been enjoying them. So I think there's just maybe a part of your brain where that that itch gets scratched. <laughs> yeah, like we're really enjoying when we when we revisit some of these like 80s action movies and 90s action movies that you know are not high art where we're no! not going to sit here and dissect them. It's just mindless <laughs> minute fun. by minute. It is a way that you can just turn off your brain. And there's a reason why these movies are highly successful. At least like the big budget ones. Like these these cult classics that we're talking about today the like boondock saints were not very successful but no. they got a, a a an audience that really just adores them well we were talking about a series yesterday the expendables yes where you literally just took every one of those guys that's ever made one of those movies and put them in a movie together yeah it's and I not said, a relevant plot right but there's three of these movies right so and what i said I don't think we want to actually do an Expendables episode because you're taking just just picking all these different actors out from these other action movies. The thing they're known the for. The things that they are known for. And you have to have the context in order to understand why they're in the Expendables. Because I'm sure they're going to be referencing a whole lot of the shit that they've done in the past as a wink and a nod to the audience. When if, if we haven't seen those movies... It's going to be lost on us. Maybe, maybe not. I think knowing... We know who all those actors are. We know who Dolph Lundgren is. Sure. And Jean-Claude Van Damme. We don't have to have watched any of their movies to understand they're going to be a bunch of meathead dudes shooting shit up, saying stupid lines to bad guys, and they win the day. That's what it is. But they are but cashing can... in on their success <laughs> from the other movies where there are... I'm sure vastly better. <laughs> uh, and that's the thing. I want to see the original shit. We will. Which is why we see. I didn't we went... suggest we watch <laughs> The Expendables. No. So, but that's the thing. I, I wanted to see a movie like Demolition Man, which we, we, we did an episode about. I want to see 
eventually we're going to go and watch some of the Rambo movies, maybe Rocky movies. Predator. Predator. Yeah, we we did. A, Street Fighter. Whatever the, what did we say the Jean-Claude Van Damme was? Uh, it was a blood sport. I don't know anything about it other than, hey, it's Jean-Claude Van Damme and he's kicking the shit out of people. He's there doing his damnedest. <laughs> Doing his splits, you should say. I made a joke, Trent. You didn't laugh at my bad joke. No, I'm not going to laugh at your bad joke on this podcast, Betsy. No. Oh, fine then. Well, thank you, Stephanie, for emailing us. We like to get emails. We would like to hear from you all about what is your favorite cult classic? This is our last of the cult classics. So what is the one that you have found? What's that weird movie you're friend in college or your sister or whoever maybe it's not a movie that people really really like but it's one that you know we didn't cover here eventually we will do another cult classic series there are so many we have a big list of them but these were the ones we had available today yes in fact Today being the first, when we're recording this, is the first day where that clue was available on Amazon Prime. So thanks, Amazon. Yeah, thank (laughs) you. Because otherwise we were going to have to watch my very low-def DVD. Right, right. (laughs) Uh, Anyway. But yes, yes, we want to hear from you guys. Tell us about that. Tell us your favorite Jean-Claude Van Damme movie. Please don't. (laughs) Please don't. Uh, Yes, email us at neverseenitpod at gmail.com. You can follow us on Twitter. It's never seen it underscore pod. You can like us, subscribe, follow us, all the things, words. Um, Betsy, I know this is your first time saying all this stuff, <laughs> uh, but I'm going to interject here and announce we have a Facebook page now. We did the thing. Holy shit. It is 2022. We have a Facebook page. You can go to facebook.com slash never seen it pod number one. Number one. One. Never seen it pod one on the on, on the Facebook. You can probably just search it, it'll show up. Look for the, the 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 same logo we use everywhere. Yeah. We're not the first ones to have that thing, so we no, just put a one at the end of it. We didn't do this all at the same time. So no. sorry guys, you're not gonna get consistency. No. So if you don't want to email us, you wanna just use Facebook, use that. We also have an Instagram page that is the same name. We're figuring all that stuff that's, out. That's all still the socials. It's still a work in progress, but we finally have a Facebook page. If you want to go on there and comment and like us, and sh- it's a it's a good way to share it with your friends when we are posting things instead of just coming from you and you like sharing Betsy's link and things like that. It's a weird thing. So guess what? That's where we're going to be doing we're the majority. We're cleaning it up. <laughs> it's where we're going to be doing the majority of our sharing from now on. We're still on Twitter. We're still reading emails. That's where we want to have the most interaction is via email. But if you wish, go on the Facebook page and do everything on there. We'll see that as well. And yeah, you can you can support the show. You can find the link in the podcast description and throw us money. Uh, we like money. And do like money. Yeah. You can also rate us, share us, do all the things, as we said. And that's going to be it. So until next time, we've got a couple other random movies coming up here. Yeah. We'll probably do another series sooner rather than later because we yep. have so many in our heads. We like to do these kinds of series. We do. Whether they're like related or not. Loose threads are fun. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're, we're planning on, I think, three more before we get into the next series. Believe it or not, Betsy and I sat down the other day and planned out all of our episodes until like the middle of August. And it is incredible that we had that much fortitude to do that. Oh, yes. Because usually it's like, what do you feel like watching tomorrow? Because yeah, we should really tonight. record something. Tonight. <laughs> Uh, but look at us having a plan. So look forward to that. Uh, in the meantime, this has been Never Seen It. As always, I am Betsy. And I'm Trent. And we will see you next time. See ya.